all the time. How many of y'all are depressed about it? Okay. Yeah. I know the feeling. Uh, I was talking with the Wisnets, uh, I guess Friday, Thursday or Friday, and uh, we were planning, trying to plan our meeting in, a- in April or May, whenever it is. And uh, I said, what y'all doing? They said, man, we're glued to Fox News, trying to figure out what in the world Congress is going to do. And I said, well, I guess that's what 90% of Americans are doing right now. And, uh, and I'll be honest with you, things look pretty bad. Would you agree, say amen? Well, I begin to think about what we're needing. Uh, we've, had, we've had a bunch of layoffs in the church, uh, different men uh, being laid off and, and needing work and, and losing work. And uh, I, I have a feeling, I have a feeling if things don't get better, it could get worse. I know that sounds like a duh statement, but uh, we are, I believe we're looking at some difficult, difficult times. Doesn't matter what Congress does there, there's still going to be some times that are going to be rough. And I said, Lord, what in the world are we going to do? And I just saying out loud what probably all of us are thinking. And man, God began to speak to me. And I want to share with you a message this morning. This is not a sermon. This is not an outline. This is not a, a, a thought. This is what God said that we need. Are you with me? Say amen. Philippians chapter number 4 in verse number 6. Verse number 6. I've preached on this a hundred times. Uh, between verses 6 through 9. Uh, and and, and I've, I've got outlines out of that. I've done it in Sunday school. Uh, I was talking to Brother Dorgan. Uh, this week, we were discussing things, and, 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 and th- he said something to me uh, that struck in my mind, and I went back and began to research and look and study and found out something that he said here in verses 12, 11, 12, and 13, and then I looked up, and it's tied directly in to be careful for nothing. The word careful means worried, anxious. In other words, don't be afraid, don't be worried, uh, don't be... Uh, uh, Bog down the word worry. The word worry when you when you take it and look at it in its original context and in the, the root words to it, it's where we get our word strangle from to pull in different ends. In other words, how many of y'all know how that feels when you worry? You feel like you're choking to death. And he says, "Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication." And we have this, but I never tied in verse eleven, twelve, and thirteen till Brother Dorgan had mentioned something to me, and that's what I want to share with you today as we, as we uh, hear from the Lord. Philippians 4, verse 6, when you're there, say amen. amen. Be careful for nothing, but in everything. How many things? Everything. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God. Hallelujah. Be a little preacher right there, Amen. In verse 7, we find the peace of God. In verse 9, we find the God of peace. So right in the middle, he sandwiches everything together. We're not only going to have the peace of God, but we're going to have the God of peace on our side. He says, the peace of God which passeth all understanding. What's that mean? That means you can't figure it out. You can't figure it out when you're at the, the casket of your loved one and, and everybody else has fallen into pieces and wondering how in the world to go. And you are standing there with peace in your heart and grace in your mind. You can't explain that. You can't explain that to nobody. You say, well, why are you okay? I can't explain it. It's just the peace of God. I just have that feeling. It's there. 
peace that passeth all understanding shall keep. The word keep there means to garrison. It means to garrison. It means to stand guard. It means there are centuries around our mind and our heart. God is standing. What is standing guard? God's peace is standing guard. It says, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So far, there's two active verbs. There's two things we can actively do. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Now, before, that's where I'd stop. But God said this week, that's not where you're supposed to stop. Keep reading. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, and now at the last, your care of me. He's talking about their offerings, their love offerings to help take care of him. It says, they have flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. In other words, they wanted to help, but they didn't have an opportunity to help. Well, now, he says... Not that, I respect in, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have what? I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can't do that. Well, let me tell you how he did. Verse 13. I can. Say that with me. Say it again. Say it again. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Let's all read that again. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for this message. Lord, I need that unction right now. I, I, I need that, that, that touch from the Holy Ghost. Lord, I pray that you'll fill me with power. I pray that you'll fill me with love. And I pray that you'll fill me with your exact word. Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. A lot of people afraid right now. A lot of people fearful. Uh, I heard one time, I heard one time, uh, they say, what's the difference between a recession and a depression? If you have a job, it's a recession. If you are unemployed, it's a depression. Would you say amen right there? Uh, I, was, I was looking, and then one, of the most popular, one of the most popular quotes, uh, 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 a thing that was said, the only thing we have to fear is, so you all know that. I, I went back and looked. That was in FDR's inaugural address in 1933. 1933, his inaugural address, his inaugural speech. I went back and I looked at that and began to read that particular speech during the height of the Depression. And man, I'm telling you, it's almost eerie, it's almost spooky how much you could put that right here in 2008. Everything he said, everything he went through in that, in that address pertains to where we are right now. It was in a bad way. People were scared to death. People were frightened. Do you realize people heart? The Bible says in the last days, men's hearts shall fail them because of fear. Because of fear. There's no question in my mind 
There's no question in my mind, I believe we're in the last days. I believe we are in the very last minutes of the last hours of the last days. I believe that with all my heart. I know this, that Jesus is coming soon. Morning or night or noon, the trumpet will surely sound and we're going to leave this earth. Amen. I've got that hope, I've got that promise, but until He does, we got to live in this mess. We're here. We're here in this world. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. Are y'all? Amen. My treasure is laid up somewhere beyond the blue. I, my name is written in glory and I've got a better place waiting on me. But I'm not there yet. We cannot get so heavenly minded we're no earthly good. We've got to live in here. We, listen, this is where we're at. This is, this is the, the times we're in. And we've got to understand, we can't ball up and crawl under a rock somewhere. We can't stick our head in the sand and, and think it's all going to go away. We can't go hide somewhere and pray that it'll all pass. And when I come back out, everything will be okay. It don't work that way. The preacher, I lost my job. Preacher, it's looking bad at my plant. It's, it's looking difficult where we are. It's looking, it's looking, it's, it, all that's true. And I'm not taking away from none of that. I understand that. But one thing we cannot do, and that's nothing. We can't, we've got to be active. We've got to be active. You say, but preacher, I went and put in an application. Well, put in a hundred. Do not stop. Do not give up. Do not sit at home and wait for it to come to you. It will not work that way. The Bible says that when that woman went to the judge continuously, continuously, she got her request. The point is that if God wants us to continuously come to Him with our knees, we got to be continuous till we see what we need. But God gave us some things we can do. God did not just leave us here and say, do the best you can, I hope everything turns out all right. He said when difficulty comes, when times like these come, see, this is no accident, and we're not the only people that's ever gone through something like this. There were, listen, there were famines in the Bible. There were times of need in the Bible. We know of Elijah. We know of the children of Israel. God brought the children of Israel through the wilderness. They didn't have any food. They didn't have any water. They didn't have anything. But God furnished them a table. God showed them that He is able. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God can meet our need. But there's some practical things we can do. I don't want to get too high and mighty or spiritual on you. I'm just saying God can, God will, and God's going to. I was praying. I said, Lord, what are we, what are we going to do? What, what, what do I need to preach? I, I mean, I want, to, I want to preach something encouraging. I want to help folks. And, I, I, and this is what God said. God said they're not going to have to worry about food. They're not going to have to worry about food. The psalmist said, I'm old and I've been young and I've never seen God's children forsaken or begging bread. So they're not going to have to worry about that. Uh, their needs are going to be okay. I said, well, then what do we got to worry about? He said, the only enemy we're going to fight in this time. Now think about this. Think about this. Did God not say he would supply our needs? Is he able to? He absolutely is. So that's not an issue. But what are we going to fight in this difficult time? It's fear. God said to me, He said, Son, your greatest enemy right now, as the church, as a pastor, as God's children, is going to be fear. Fear. FDR said the only thing we really have to fear is fear itself. Boy, that's so true. 
That's so true. Where did fear come from? Where did fear come from? It came from sin. God called Adam. God called Adam and, and, and said, where are you? He said, well, we've hid ourselves. Why? He said, we was afraid. There was never fear in creation until man fell in sin. Listen, God does not give the spirit of fear. God does not give the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Listen, God doesn't want you to be afraid as far as your life goes, as far as your needs go. Listen, there is a, you say, well, the Bible says the fear of God. That's a reverent respect. That's not a fear of danger. I've been told, I don't know this for positive, but I've been told there's 365 fear knots or don't be afraid in the Bible. God gave you one for every day of the year. Listen, don't be afraid. I see the, I see the, I see the, 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 the disciples out on the sea and every time they were, the Bible says they were sore afraid and, 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 and when they saw him, he said, be not afraid, it is I. Fear not. Fear not for I am with thee. I am with thee. The preacher, but what can I do? What practical things can I do in this economy, in where we're at? What can we do? And God gave me three real simple, practical things that we can do. We can be active. You know what's real frustrating? Is when there's nothing you can do. How many of y'all know that feeling when you're at the hospital and the doctor comes in and, and, what, and he says, you know that feeling? It's just so frustrating. You want to... Or when there's a, a, a situation at the job or there's a situation in the home and, 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 and when your kids get crazy and you want to choke them to death and you realize it's technically nothing you can do except. Now let's look at this a minute. Three practical things. And they're going to seem, they're going to seem real like, well, duh. But if they were really that way, then why don't we do them? My mom come up to me. Bless her heart. I come in the, I come in the yard. Me and Dad was working on a trailer. And, and, and I was down under the trailer, and Mom looked down. I guess she couldn't see the top of my head before, but she says, Lord, have mercy, you got a lot of gray hair now. <laughs> what a blessing she is to me. Like, I needed to hear that. Amen. Gray hairs. Boy, don't we get in a lot of them. So, oh, that's not tied to anything. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen a president before his presidency? And a president after? They'll age 50 years in four years. That's not because they're on the golf course every week. Are y'all with me? Let's think about some things we can do. Whether we've lost our job, whether our job looks in, in a difficult way, then there's, there's a lot of this. There's a lot of this. And, and please, if you have, and I know some of you, you know that I know because we've talked, uh, uh, and I've, I've talked with uh, Brother McCormick, I've talked with Brother Craig, I, uh, Brother Craig Edwards up in, in North Carolina, he said it's happening Big time. He said the meals are cutting back. He said it's happening big time. This is not just in Alabama. This is everywhere. And I'm not, I'm not, oh, believe me, I'm not minimizing anything. 
And I'm not trying to be some super Christian to say that I ain't afraid because I've been afraid. I've been afraid for you. I've been afraid for your families. And, and so I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching with you. We're hearing this from God together. Are you all with me? The Bible says this. Be careful for nothing. In other words, don't worry about anything. Don't be afraid of anything. Be careful for nothing but in everything. Say that with me. In, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Say that with me. With let your requests be made known unto God. So write this down. Number one, three practical things that we can do. We can uh, practice this at our home. This is not something, this is not just biblical information. This is not just biblical knowledge. These are three things we can do. Number one, we can be. You got that, Brother Barnes? Something in our praying. What was the word I used? Complete. Write that down. It'll get up there sooner or later. Amen. Complete in our praying. Complete in our, he said, why do you use the word complete? Because sometimes we don't include everything we need to include in our prayer. And sometimes we don't pray about everything we need to pray about. We don't bring things to God like we should. We don't bring things to God like we need to. Uh, one of the things, I, I, I told Brother Kendrick about his house to sell up in Tennessee and things there. I was praying this week and God put on my heart. He said, what you need to do? He said, you need to get all those Awana kids. You need to get every one of them young people all the way from the littlest one all the way to the oldest teenager. You get them together and say, okay, this is going to be our specific prayer request. Specific prayer request. And, and I, I said, well, Lord, why, why, are we do, why are we going to do that? You know, because how many of your parents, how many parents, be honest, be honest, uh, 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 don't lie, you'll have four flat tires when you get out of here. God will flatten your tires today. Say amen. How many of your parents... Don't want to bring a burden or a need or tell your kid about a problem to pray about because you don't want them worrying about it. But you know what? That's not necessarily a good thing. You may not have to go in detail, but they need to see and hear a prayer that's being prayed. Why? Because the Bible said when Joshua died and all that generation, there arose a whole other generation who knew not the Lord, neither the works that He has done. We need these young people to be praying about something. And when they pray about it and it comes to pass, they can say, hey, God is real. Because I prayed. I brought this need to God. And God has answered my prayer. They didn't see the works of God. They didn't include, listen, the parents did not include that next generation in their burdens, in their prayers. I'm telling you, we need to include our little ones in our prayers so that they can see that there is a God in heaven, that when they come time to have problems, when they come time to have a need, they'll pray too. We need to pray. We need to pray. We'll do everything in the world, then pray. Won't we? We'll worry and fret and cry and beg and plead with Bertha and Leroy and do everything in the world. We'll go tell them at the beauty parlor. We'll go tell them at the barbershop. We'll tell everybody our problem, but the only one that can fix it. But the Bible says, let your requests be made known unto God. Don't tell nobody before you tell God. Don't tell nobody before you tell God. Get your wife, get your husband, get your children, gather them together and say, we have this need, we have this problem, we have this in our life. Let's talk to God. God wants to answer our prayer. Let your requests be made known unto God. 
Listen, we need to be complete in our praying. Complete in what? A, in the petitions that we request. In the petitions that we request. How many of you, how many of you have prayed for a prayer, and then when God answered, you said, I should have been more specific. Ladies, I, God, give me a man. And you say, oh, I should have said, God, give me a man with money. Amen. <laughs> I should have been more specific. No, for real. Specific. God wants us to be specific. Let your requests. Isn't it amazing we'll pray, God, save lost people. That's not the way God wants you to pray. That is, it, that is so in general that we have no meaning behind that. There is no passion behind that. But when you get down and say, Oh God, save Leroy. Oh God, oh God, would you save my son Joe? Oh God, would you, would you save Susie? Look, you see the difference? God doesn't want you to pray in generalities. He wants you to pray in specifics. Be specific with your need. Be specific with that bill. Be specific with that problem. Be specific with whatever it is that God has to do for you. You have not... Because you ask not. Be specific. Whatever the burden is, whatever the need is, be specific. Let your request be made known unto God. Listen, and here's the more important one. We not only need to be complete in the petitions that we request, but also we need to be complete in the praise we return. Why don't God answer my prayer? Because you didn't thank Him for the last one. How many times have you asked Him a hundred times for something and He made it and you thanked Him one time? I'm guilty. I, I'm, I'm just, I was, I was studying this stuff and Lord God, I've been guilty of this. Thankful. Grateful. How many of y'all got kids? How many of y'all like them? Okay. Yeah, they're all right. Now, let me ask you a question. Yeah, how many of y'all got grandkids? How many of y'all like them? Yeah, whatever. Y'all know what it's been said. I told you a hundred times. Grandchildren is God's gift for you not killing your own children. Say you got one kid. No name. Don't raise your hand. Say you got one kid that is just so great. It wouldn't matter if it was an M&M or a go-kart. They're just so thankful. But then that other one. And there's always another one. It... It wouldn't matter if it was a go-kart. Well, this thing ain't got no gas in it. My Lord, you think if you be, you know, got enough money to buy a go-kart, he'd buy enough money to have gas, say amen. Now, let me ask you a question. Which one of them are you more prone to be a blessing to? Or to grant a request from? Are y'all with me? Some of them thankful people. 
we learn. We learn something Wednesday night in Bible study. Brother Kendrick, the Bible says we are to come before his presence with thanksgiving, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And it says, be ye thankful. And, and the word thankful is a consciousness of benefits received. But thankgiving is an expression of that thankfulness. In other words, thankful is a feeling experience. That's how you feel. Man, I feel so grateful God has, God has blessed us and God has done this for me. And, and, and man, you feel that. But thanksgiving is that feeling expressed. There's a lot of people that have that feeling experienced, but you just have a problem expressing it. But do you know what we're supposed to do when we come into his house? Be thankful. There was three things. He said, serve the Lord with gladness. This was in that same chapter. Serve the Lord with gladness. What we do during the week determines how we worship on Sunday. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. How much we do for Him will greatly determine what He does here on Sunday. I'm telling you, it works that way. Now, then, we know that these things work, but the most important ingredient in worship is a grateful heart. There can be people that serve God but, but are not thankful. Are y'all with me? Then the Bible says, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. In other words, there's an acknowledgement there when we recognize that He is God. But there are people that recognize that, but they still don't worship right. There are people that grew up in church their whole life. And they're serving God during the week. They know who He is. They know all about Him. They can tell you every book of the Bible. They can quote different verses of the Bible. They can sing the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. I stand upon the Word of God, the B-I-B. They know all that stuff. But boy, when they come in, there's just something missing. Then there's that old boy who ain't never been to church in his life. God saved him out of a, listen, out of the middle of a gutter. He, he was a crackhead and God changed his life. And son, he don't know all about God. And he don't know much about serving him because he ain't, he ain't got all that. But boy, when he comes into church, he is some kind of grateful what God done for him. And he's sitting in that pew, and his, man, his soul is bubbling over. His life is bubbling over, and he can't help but raise his hand. He can't help but get excited. And that old bird down here that knows half the Bible but ain't done, listen, he doesn't have a grateful heart. He's wondering why in the world God's touching him and not me. Listen, the last time you put in a request to God, did you also put in a praise? Preacher, what do we do? Let's praise God for what we have. What if I don't have much? I promise you this, no matter who you are, you still have more than some other person. You know what happens when, when, when things go bad? It isn't my life. Y'all probably too spiritual to do this. I know y'all probably don't ever do this, but I do sometimes. When things get bad, I start looking at what I don't have. Instead of looking around at everything that I do have. How about, how about Joseph's daddy when he heard about where he thought? He thought his son was, was killed. Had, had all them other boys. Had all them other sons. He said, I'll go to my death. I'll never be happy again. Now, his son wasn't dead. It wasn't even realistic. It wasn't even true. And that's what the devil does to us. He'll get us fearful and worried about something that ain't even true. 
but then he'll get us so focused on what we don't have. He was so focused on Joseph, he forgot about all the rest of them. Does that make sense? When we pray and we bring our petitions to him, we bring our needs to him, it don't matter what it is. God wants us to bring everything. Didn't he say everything? Whether it's a doctor bill, whether it's a food bill, whether it's grocery money, whether it's gas money, gas money. But be thankful. Bring what you need for what you don't have, but then in the same breath say, God, thank you for what I do have. We can practice this. We can be complete in our prayer. Number two, I've got to hurry. got to get to three. Number two, not only can we practice being complete in our prayer, but number two, we can be correct in our thinking. Correct in our thinking. Problem with a lot of Christians is they, they experience stinking thinking. Stinking thinking. How many of y'all ever heard that before? Stinking thinking. Thinking. I've been musing about this and meditating on this. This is what God told me. Thinking is simply, this is the easiest way to put it. It is, it is when information comes in, it's just like a computer. Your brain, your brain is just like a computer. Uh, Brother Dustin, would that be the hard drive? That's where information goes? All right, all right. Hard drive. Thinking is the processing of information. Now, what are you talking about? All right, information comes in. Information comes in through our ears and through our eyes. And it goes into the hard drive. And thinking is the processing of this information. What happens? We hear about the economy. What happens? We hear about AIG. What happens? Listen, we hear about all these banks and, and, and the failing. We hear about the depression. We hear about a recession. We hear about job layoffs. We hear about the economy going south. We hear this, and what we do is we input all this information. We input all this information, and when we begin to worry and fear is when we start thinking about it. And we start processing this information going over and over and over and over and over and over. And we think, oh my goodness. And we, we start, listen, uh, putting it in our own life and thinking all this is going to come. Now God said the practical steps to defeat fear and anxiety and worry is first we pray about it. First we make our requests known unto God. And then we need to be correct in our thinking. Because he said whatsoever things are true, whatsoever, th are y'all with me? Whatsoever things are honest. And he gives us a list there. He said, think on these things. I can't control my thoughts. Yes, you can. Now, don't, don't, don't lose me now. Stay with me. Stay with me. Don't let the devil mess you up right here. This is an important ingredient in defeating fear. If you want to leave out of here and be the victor and not the victim, you need to get this. You can control your thinking. The Bible said the thought of foolishness is sin. And if there was something that we could not control, it could not be a sin. How do you control your thinking? By what you're inputting in the processor. Sure. You sit there and watch CNN all day long. You're going to need a volume and a drink at the end of the day. You know why? Because your hard drive is processing all, and by the way, they don't ever put nothing positive on there. 
got to think of the very worst case scenario. They got to think, why? Because bad news sells and travels faster than good news. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I'm too afraid it would get around. Say something happened to me, or I did something very stupid. Do you know how fast other churches find out about this? It's already happened. Everybody in the world knows about Sunday night service. But they don't know about all the other things we're doing to include and put in that. I've never had somebody come ask, what about that new youth program y'all got going? Man, I heard that is really rocking the boat. I haven't had that. I haven't had nobody. I haven't had nobody come and say, "Boy, I tell you what, man, I've heard about them small groups, son. I tell you, people, I haven't heard none of that. All they want, well, I heard about. You know why they don't want to talk about good news? It's human nature. There is nothing in this world that travels faster than bad news. That's why it sells. People want to know. People want to. Oh, look here, man. Forget that garbage. Let me give you three things under this you need to write down. We need to be correct in our thinking. Quit thinking the wrong things. Quit thinking the wrong things. Most of us, it, it, it do us a whole lot of good uh, to, to, to change some things in our life when it comes to this. Because you're in a depression, we need everything in the world because of, of, of something we could fix. What kind of thinking do we need to have? When it comes to correct thinking, A, we need to have honest thinking. Honest thinking. Uh, statistics say this is a true, this is not a spiritual statistic, this is a secular statistic. 90% of the things that you worry about never come to pass. That's why God said the things that are true, that's what you need to process. The things, people come to me and say, Preacher, I heard about such a, do you know that for a fact? Do you know that for sure? Well, no, but I heard about it. It doesn't matter what you heard about. You believe half the things you see and none of the things you hear. Don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe everything you hear. And just because it's on the internet don't mean it's true. Well, I saw on the internet about it. What? You can get on the internet and find a hundred people that like me. You can get on the internet and find a thousand that don't. The, the internet ain't all of a sudden the oracle of God. Matter of fact, it's 10, it's 10 billion times. I tell you what, I'm really beginning to hate it. I'm beginning to hate technology and, and, and how evil... Can, say man, Just say man quick before I get mad. Think about what's true. Think about what you know. Do, do, do we know the... We don't know what's going to happen with that. We have no idea. But see, we focus on that in the fear of the unknown, what drives us crazy. What do we do know? We do know, my God shall supply all our need according to His riches and glory. We do know, the Bible says, I'm old and I've been young, and I have never seen God's seed forsaken or begging bread. I know that. I know I didn't miss a meal yesterday. I didn't miss one last week. I know I'm as fat and sassy as I've ever been. I do know that. I know that stuff. That's what I need to think about. I don't need to think about tomorrow. Bless God, Jesus may come tonight. We won't even be here tomorrow. Let them all have it. We'll be in glory. They can have my mortgage. I do know that. 
You need to start thinking about things that are honest, that you do know. He said true and honest. Didn't he say that? Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest. Listen, how do we do that? You need to get all the false things out of your life. Now, now, are y'all, this is going to be a little rough. Go ahead and put your seatbelt on. This is going to be, we got, I, I feel a little turbulence ahead. Some of you are going to really have to turn TV off. Some of you are going to have to throw some magazines away. Some of you are going to have to hang the phone up. Oh, look out now. <laughs> Did you hear? No, and I didn't want to. They some, they some, they some people you need to get out your life. They some people that are so negative they don't have a positive post on their battery. Negative. Everything. Negative. They learned that they won the lottery and complained that they got to pay taxes on it. Now, y'all think that's, I'm just being funny. There's people that's like that. Complain because there's nothing to complain about. I mean, just live for it. You don't need to, listen, if you're having issues with fear, you need to stay away from them folks. Stay away from them. Listen, why? Because that's negative information that's being downloaded in your processor. And then when you leave your presence, all you, can, you can't think about how much God loves you. You can't think about how much God has met your need and supplied your need. All you can think about is all that negative garbage they just put in your brain. He said, what sort of things are true and honest? You think on them things. It'd do some of y'all good to throw some CDs out. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I, IPM player, what, what do you call them things? Brother David, what do you call them? IBM? iPod. I had iPod, MP3, and iPod. All of them. All of them. If it's got negative garbage on it, if it's got stuff that's not glorifying God, you need to throw it in the garbage. Why don't we just, just, just lay it down? I'll, I'll give you illustration. I'll give you illustration. I'm a preacher. I love Jesus. I love God. I think I'm a pretty positive kind of guy. I like being around positive people. I like being positive and, and, and upbeat, that kind of thing. And I was working with a construction crew in South Carolina, and an and old boy, he, he, we, 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 he, he'd bring Delbert McClinton. You don't know who Delbert McClinton is? He's a blues player. And I'll be honest with you, the flesh likes it. Be, just, I ain't going to tell no lie right here in the house of God. The flesh kind of likes it. But, but, but when that thing's playing, I'm just... I mean, I'm just, oh, man. Surely she didn't do that. Oh, won't it go back? She didn't mean it. And that stuff gets in your mind. Oh, it's just a song. But the problem is it's going into your processor. 
and you start thinking the fake. All right, guys, y'all come. Y'all three big guys, stand right here. Quickly. Big guys, y'all stand right here in front. All right, there, I got something to say. And also, women. <laughs> y'all need to turn them soap operas off. Bless God, I ain't afraid of none of you. That's right, amen. You better have my front, amen. We, <laughs> where's Bruce at? Bruce, me and you and Jeremy and, and William was mowing that grass at the, at the uh, oh, help us, the battleground schoolhouse, the community little schoolhouse. They was helping to mow the grass, and, and Brother Bruce was on Brother Jeremy's tractor, one of them Kabotas. Uh, Kabota tractor had that thing, big one. He, he hit that guide wire on that, I wasn't supposed to say this in front of his wife, but he hit the guide wire in, in, that was holding up that, that power line and everything, and I mean, it just about snatched him off. That guide wire. <laughs> Jeremy Holly, don't you do that. It'll cut off those shows for them old women. They'll kill us all. <laughs> Son, you mess with as the world turns, they're going to turn your world upside down. And they, we fill our minds with this garbage. And then when our spouses come home, we take that for real. Are y'all with me? So you don't have a point for that? Yes, I do. You need to be correct in your thinking, honest thinking, and then be holy thinking. Go ahead, fellas. You can sit down. Just stay with me right after service. Holy thinking. You know what? And this is where, this man, this is so dumb, but we don't do it. The Bible says this, in that, in that one verse it says, and the God of peace will be with you. Right. Right. Didn't it say that? Didn't it say we're not going to fear no evil in the valley of the shadow of death? Why? Because thou art with me. Now when I'm rubbing elbows with God, I ain't afraid of nothing. When I went, we had a hog pen one time. When I was little, I had a little, little, I had a little black and white hog. He was black on the front, white in the middle, and black on the back. I named him Arnold for different strokes. You know, little, little Arnold, live with them white people. And, and I had Arnold, and we had about three other hogs. And Dad would always say, he'd say, he'd say, go feed the hogs. Now he wouldn't say go feed the hogs. At lunchtime, he wouldn't say go feed the hogs before dark. He'd always wait till it got real boogery dark. And the, and the hog pen, the hog pen was like three miles behind the house, I think. It, it felt like that when I was a little kid. And I mean, it was way back there. And have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed the going wasn't near as scary as the return trip? I don't know why that is, but it was, I mean, you could, you could go, and you could, you're looking, and you're out there, and man, just as soon as you turn around, and the darkness is behind you, son, you can feel them demons 
I mean, it's like, it's like you can feel them breathing down your neck. And, and one thought, and, you're, and, and you, you, you start walking. Because if you're walking, they think that you're not afraid of them. But if you get to go and think, oh God, they're going to change. And boom, son, you're gone. Wide open. And listen, and you better pray. We had sliding glass doors, and we begged that, God, that mom hadn't cleaned them glass doors enough that we didn't know they was there because you, wham! Scared to death. But there was something about, there was something about when dad said, let's go slop the hog. Ain't no problem. Let's go. Why? He is with us. Booger wasn't going to mess with us. He is with us. They'd eat him first. He was a bigger meal. Say amen. <laughs> Give us time to get away. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Man, when your dad was with you, you wasn't afraid of nothing. In the cow pasture, you wasn't afraid of the cows. And wherever it was, you wasn't afraid because he was with you. And look, you say, what's the point of this? If you're thinking unholy thoughts, if you're watching unholy things, if you're doing unholy things, the Bible says God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If you say you fellowship with Him and you're walking in darkness, you lie and do not the truth. What are you saying? I find out that the closer to God I am, the less I fear. Because I feel His presence. I know everything's going to be okay. But I'm telling you this, when I get stupid and I get away from God, and I do unholy things, I think unholy thoughts, I promise you, that's when I fear. I said we was going to be real practical. When did Adam begin to fear? When he disobeyed God. I was afraid of thee. Preacher, what are you saying? If we get some good godly music, Listen, read some good, godly things. Are y'all with me? It'll make a difference in our fight with fear. Not only honest thinking, holy thinking, but then see, happy thinking. Happy thinking. It says, for, for honest, he said, what sort of things are true and honest. For holy, he said, things that are just and and, and pure, but happy, things that are lovely and of good report, good news. How many of y'all have ever read Chicken Soup for the Soul? You know what all that stuff is just chock full of? Positive stories. Positive things. It's there to make you feel good. Positive, good news. Things that where the hero made it. That's what you need to do. Fill your mind with positive things. Positive. Listen, let me get to number three, y'all. This is, this is important. It's important. We're, we're done. What was number one? We, we, can, we can practice being. Number two, we can practice being correct in our thinking. This is, this is probably going to be the most difficult. This is probably going to be the most difficult. The Bible says that Paul, in verse number 11, when he talked about the offering that came from the church of Philippi, 
He said, not that I respect in respect of want. Because he was thanking them for the offering and the, and the support that he had received from them. For I have learned. Say that with me. For I have, in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be and to be both to abound and suffer need. We need to do some adjusting. Listen. One of the reasons that we're in the mess we're in right now is people were not content. People were buying houses they shouldn't have been buying. Greed destroyed. Now, you can put the blame wherever you want to put it. You can, yeah. Whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you can say it was Bush's fault or Barney Frank's fault or Congress's or deregulation or regulation. or. But you know, honestly, honestly, I got to thinking, well, this is, you know, I got my own political persuasions and I was saying, boy, if this and boy, if that. And you know what God said to me? He said, son, you need to go to the individual human heart. Because it's not just those houses, it's credit cards. We've taught our young people that if you, you, don't, you don't have the money to do it right now, just get a credit card and you can have what you want. And we are in such a difficult way right now because people were not content. So here we are in this mess. Would y'all agree with that? Do y'all, y'all agree with me? I mean, it's obvious. Now, this is, this is the thought. This is the thought that God gave me. With Dorgan's help. Amen. I went into my, I went into my sister's uh, kitchen. I believe it was Mindy's. If I can remember right. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was hers. And up on the, up on the, the wall... How many of y'all have seen them, them home sweet home signs and all that stuff? Home is where the heart, you know, all that stuff is. She ain't got that. Up on hers, it says, so it's not home sweet home, adjust. I thought, that's pretty good, amen. She got that too? That's yours? Okay. Well, I saw it mom's, one of them. So it's not home sweet home, adjust. I have told hundreds of people that's come to me with problems and different things. And there's one slogan or, or, or sentence that fits a lot of things. And I say, sir or ma'am, in, in this situation, right now, sometimes you have to do what you have to do Till you can do what you want to do. Now let me let me just be real practical for about five minutes, and then we're going to pray. Let's be real practical. Let's talk about and apply this to everyday life where we're at. Some of us may lose money. Some of us may lose jobs. Some of us may not have the same income coming in. You say, what do we do? Do we stick our head in the sand? Do we we cry and 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 weep 
and, and complain and gripe and blame God and do all this. No, sir. No, sir. We adjust our living to our income. Now say that with me. We adjust our, to our, the reason that we're in such a bad shape right now is because what was coming in was way less than what was going out. We were not, listen, you say, why was that, that former generation so great? Because they knew about living within their means. One old timer told me, he said, I don't care if you make five cents for the week, you save one of them pennies. Every single check you make, every single income you make, it doesn't matter, you save something out of there. Because there's a rainy day coming. I don't know if you know it, but it's pouring outside. They come. Now, young people, before you get here, some of y'all are not there yet. Some of you, listen, you don't have to have everything your parents had that took them 50 years to get. It's okay. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with, listen, renting something small. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. Matter of fact, it's a whole lot less stressful. I mean, my dad, I had some money. I had some money when I was a junior in high school. I had some money, and, and I, you know, I was, I, was, I was 16. I needed a vehicle. I mean, it's just God's law. When you turn 16, you've got to have something dry. Say amen, somebody. Teenagers, y'all not going to help me with that. I'm trying to help you out here. Dad had found a Mustang that needed some work on the motor. We had enough money to buy the car, fix the motor. I'm talking about a nice one. I mean, some kind of we could have made a motor out of that. So did I want that? No. I wanted that candy apple red IROC Z. It was, at the, it was up on the car lot with, with T-tops and everything else. It was going to make me have show enough payments. I need a witness. You say, well, well, did you get it? Was it cool? Yeah, boy, it was cool. But the only problem was I had to work every day after school, way past dark, every weekend. But listen, and I never had time to drive this thing to be cool. Say amen. It wasn't worth it. Every dime that come in went right back out. Insurance and everything. I didn't. I think, man, this was stupid. Now all I do, the coolest part of my day was when I got to drive home from work because that's the only time I could get in it. I remember this. When me and Tammy moved to Florida after I graduated college, uh, uh, we went to Florida and I, I, I got a job at a, uh, a golf course down there and was making okay money. Wasn't, wasn't great money, but it, we was making it on it. Stress-free. I mean, I didn't have to hardly do anything, nothing that, that required any stress. Well, I just couldn't stand it. I wanted more money. I wanted more I I, I vied for the job that came open as far as uh, 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 the, the, the greenskeeper. And, and son, I went on salary, had a little bit more money, but I thought it was a bunch more money. But I tell you what, the grief that came from that job like to drove me crazy. And that little bit of money wasn't near worth that grief. I got a Bible verse for you. Proverbs 15, 16 says this, Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Better is a dinner of herbs. In other words, it's better to eat vegetable soup than a T-bone steak, than a stalled ox, which means beef. 
than a T-bone steak and hatred therewith. Oh, but they live in a mansion, and boy, look what they have. But you don't know the fighting and bickering that's going on. You'd be better off in a camper trailer, being in love with each other, than in the biggest mansion in Coleman County. 1 Timothy 6, 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. Hebrews 13, 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. I seen a car go down the road. Had Bondo on it. Fenders was flapping in the wind. Smoking, Lord God. I thought it was the mosquito fogger. But it had on the bumper sticker. Don't laugh. It's paid for. While I'm going by in my car, I got payments on. That I'm chained. that I'm a slave to till it's paid off. The borrower is servant to the lender. Preacher, what do you say? If we do lose income, let's scale back. Paul said this, I've learned. Paul used to be wealthy. He had the greatest education that man could provide when he was growing up. I believe he came from a wealthy family. And he lost all of it for Christ. He said, I've learned to be a base. In other words, I learned to have nothing. What is that? The Bible says foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man hath no place to lay his head. Preacher, what are you saying? Some things, sometimes God may call for us to sacrifice. But that's okay. Paul said, I've learned to have nothing and not blame God. Then I've learned to be blessed and not get arrogant. So whatever state that I find myself in, whatever condition my, uh, listen, my bank account is in, no matter where I'm at, it's okay. Because I've learned, say that with me, I have, I have to be content. What's the definition of content? When what you want and what you have is equal. In other words, you don't have to have that brand new car. You don't have to have that certain house. You don't have to have. You don't have to have. One more thought that this came strictly from God, and I know it's going to be another one of them duh statements. That God said, Malcolm, You'll never lose what I allow you to keep. Say that with me. If he doesn't allow us to keep it, then at that time in our life, we really don't need it. Preacher, what are we going to do to fight fear? Number one, we're going to be... Come on now, help me, help me. We're going to be... Number two, we're going to be 
Number three, we're going to be content in our judgment. If you were taking notes A and B, content in our attitude. We need to adjust our attitude. In other words,